All right, all right, all right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Dallas Geek. As always, I'm Brad. That's Mike. We're Dallas Geek, and today we are joined by the wonderful, the fabulous Brianna Roberts. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so, uh, Brianna, how you doing today? I'm doing good. A little, a little toasty in my shoebox booth over here, but you know, doing great. Better than what last week was. <laughs> the cold. Oh yeah, I, I think it's uh, not too difficult to do better than last week. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Mike, you, you doing all right over there? You, you seem a little uh, lonely with your your pops today. Yeah. Um... I don't, I don't know how you could think I'm lonely as I'm surrounded by inanimate <laughs> objects that just constantly stare at me. It's not creepy at all. Um, no, stare, I'm good. Judge, I'm good. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you know, just much better than last week, which is uh, the consensus for everybody. So, you know. Always. <laughs> but, uh, guys, like we said, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we absolutely appreciate it. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, um, here goes the uh, mandatory shilling for the show. Uh, uh, <clears throat> as always, please do not forget, if you have not already, to like and follow us over on Facebook. Like and subscribe over on YouTube. It keeps the Google overlords happy. And, of course, Somewhere if you enjoy here. our interviews and live shows and now our audio-exclusive podcasts, you can go check those out over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher because we are all the places, all the time, just for you. Now, whether you want to see or not. <laughs> uh, and, of course, Brianna... Uh, where can everybody find you, uh, outside of, you know, uh, Funimation and all the other wonderful voiceover work that you do? <laughs> Mostly on Twitter. That's where I put all my updates of everything that's going on. My handle is Voices by Bree. Also on Facebook. Don't put as much over there. So really, uh, Twitter and Instagram, all Voices by Bree. So check me out. All right. Well, uh, with that, guys, um... We're going to go ahead and jump on into our first live interview on the internet. So, <laughs> it's 2021. Uh, the internets isn't as revolutionary <laughs> and wondrous a place. It's, it's more disgusting and terrible than it is wondrous and exciting. Don't break my enthusiasm. <laughs> I like it. No, there is no magic on the internet, Brad. There is only horrible, horrible people. Well, I mean, as well, long and, as you avoid the us, comment section, you should be okay, right? No. The comments <laughs> will find you. They will always find you. It's like voice actor rule 101. Never read the comments. Read the comments. Oh, no, no. <laughs> that is a rabbit hole that you will never climb out of. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It doesn't even matter which platform either, honestly. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, especially Twitter sometimes. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's all fun. Uh, all uh, special. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have one, they're like, oh, they love me. And then you read one, they're like, oh, they hate, I'm quitting right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
But for the, the, the generally nice people that watch us, I do have to say generally because, you know, internet. Uh, <laughs> Brianna, uh, you are, if in case they have missed your previous interview on our show, you are a, a voice actor uh, doing a whole heck of a lot of anime, uh, a little bit of video games, uh, and uh, you know a smattering of uh, live-action voiceover uh, for uh, American and English audience adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, how the heck did you get into that? Because that, I mean, that's <laughs> awesome. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, so um, I have been a stage actor and singer for eternity, um, and I actually went to school for film production and broadcast. And after I graduated college, I was working at a small studio and we were working on an original animation project. And of course, like any small studio, you're always on a budget. So they were like, hey, Brianna, you like you do some acting, right? Do do you want to like be this voice? I was like, "Okay." So (laughs) I uh, jumped in our booth and I started uh, recording on this little kid's show uh, that like went on to go for like seven years. So, you know, that's the type of thing that every voice actor wants. And little did I know how rare that was to come by uh, back then. (laughs) But I started doing it for that production company. And I just really realized how much I loved it. I kind of had a knack for it. And I was like, wow, I want to learn more about this voice acting thing. So from there, I started taking a gazillion classes, like everything that I could find, taking classes, uh, continued to do theater, and just slowly but surely, you know, I've been around a while. I've actually been voice acting uh, for seven years now. Uh, Yeah, seven years. So it's just been a a slow process, just doing the grind. Uh, Really enjoy it. So happy to be here. (laughs) Paying the dues, as they say in the industry. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Gotta pay those. (laughs) <laughs> yes, always. Yeah, yeah. From what and we've if you heard, don't, apparently you did something acting. wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, I we know uh, just from talking to some of the other uh, voice actors that have appeared on the show, uh, it seems like uh, voice acting uh, tends to be a bit of a, a small community. No matter how mm-hmm. many roles there are, no matter how many anime there are, uh, the actual voice actors. Uh, it can be a surprisingly small and tight-knit community. Like, everybody mm-hmm. seems to know everybody, uh, more or less, especially if you work with Funimation. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, I, I mean, I know that... Um, I, I know you know Brian Massey, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, that, that's been with the sh- uh, on the show before. Uh, and, of course, um, you uh, have... Uh, you know uh, one of our guest hosts, uh, Erica Muse. Uh, yes, I love her. The, the wonderful Erica. And then, of course, uh, you, um, uh, Danny. You know Danny, uh, mm-hmm. who has been on the show uh, two other times. In fact, uh, the last time was the uh, same time as your previous interview with us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how is that with, uh, you know, getting into the community? What What's that experience like once you really get into it from what you expected versus you know the, the reality behind the curtain <laughs> <laughs> um it definitely takes a while just to get to know everybody and become a part of the community um 
you know, like I said, I've been doing it for seven or eight years and I didn't know everyone at first, but how it happens is you just, you keep bumping into the same people. You go to the studio, you see this person, you go to this class, you see that person, you share the screen on a project with this person. And then just over time, everybody slowly knows everybody. And even if you're not necessarily personal friends, you still know who each other are because odds are you've worked on something together at some point. Um, in general, the community in uh, DFW is so supportive. Uh, as you get to know everybody, everyone uh, is very genuine about their care for each other. And even though you're competing for the same role sometimes with someone who's in your same vocal range, uh, it doesn't feel backstabby or anything like that. Uh, I would I would say I felt more backstabby stuff going on in the, the stage universe than in the voice acting community. Uh, it's been really refreshing, especially through the pandemic, how everyone has really come together and tried to support each other. And I don't know, it's a, it's a great community to be a part of. Yeah. So as you're getting to know everybody in the community uh, and you really, uh, you know, start to become friends with everybody, uh, do, do you end up uh, getting your favorites uh, to work with? You know, the, the, that one or two names that uh, when you see them on uh, the call sheet for the, your next project, you're like, yes, yes. You know, that, that, that's why I picked this. um danielle chambers she is my best friend and uh we went to college together so we've known each other for uh, an eternity um anytime i get to be on a project with her it's extra special because we kind of started this journey together so when we like it feels like it just comes to full culmination when we get to do something on screen together so that's always special um I have a super special love in my heart for Damon Mills. So when he and I are on anything, we were both in Hatsuna Illusion um, as the Hoshisato parents. Uh, so anytime I uh, see him in a project that I get to be on, that's always super exciting. Um, so yeah, there's definitely those that you kind of build a relationship with. And you have people too that it's like you build a screen relationship with, but you might not have ever even met, but somehow you keep working together on uh, projects. So that's always kind of fun. And you finally meet them in person. You're like, hey, we did all these things together. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So, I mean, yeah, you, uh, you have been able to jump back and forth between uh, quite a, a few shows and uh, video games and everything. Um, and of course, you know, the, the first video game it looks like uh, you had the chance to be able to uh, get in with was uh, Smite, uh, doing mm -hmm. Crystal Gaze Medusa and Ragnarok Hera. Um, so, do you have a preference between the two? Uh, you know, animation versus uh, video game. I is there a, a type of voice acting that uh, is more fun for you? Ah, they're so different. So the fun thing about video game or any prelay project um, is you're not confined to the pre-existing animation. You get a lot more freedom in your character development, especially if the director uh, is open to you really helping create this character. So that's really fun uh, to get to do that. Like I super loved uh, Ragnarok Hera. That was the second Smite character that I booked. Um, she's just this evil, larger than life, uh, villainous kind of character. 
And it was so fun to just let it rip. And um, I remember uh, Tina uh, with High Res telling me one of the things she really liked was my like crazy villainous laugh that I did on my audition. Um, so it was fun then to get to try to do that again in the session. So there, there's a lot more freedom sometimes that comes with doing prelay projects. But anime is near and dear to my heart. <laughs> I, I love anime. Um, the difference there, a different kind of challenge as an actor is you are confined to create a character within what is already there. So you have the animation that you obviously, you have to match the flaps to, and yeah. maybe how those flaps or their mouth movement is in that sentence is not at all how you would say that sentence if you just had the freedom <laughs> to say it however you wanted. But now yeah. you have to hold out this word here or cut it really short here. Uh, so it's a different type of mental and acting challenge to still give an excellent performance, but within those parameters and also still staying true to the original intent of the character. Uh, so they're different. I like them. I like them both for different reasons. Nice. Um, now, sorry, Brad, I'm going to cut in there because oh, we're talking too much. Do it. <laughs> um, now, to kind of piggyback off of that a little bit, um, you said you got your start in theater. Um, mm -hmm. Theater, you know, kind of very big, very boisterous. You have to play to a live audience, and you have more freedom to kind of play with your characters and everything like that, whereas, like you said, anime is very, this is how it has to be, this is you know, what your, the translation is, this is how you have to deliver it and everything like that. I guess my question would be is, as somebody that got their start in theater, how much would you say, like, of a, I guess a transition was it to go from, I get to kind of play, you know, because one of the things that I've heard many voice actors say, just watching interviews and everything was, um, you know, it's all in the voice. It's acting, mm -hmm. but you're not you're not putting in mannerisms. You're not using your body to kind of, you know, express what you're trying to do. So how much of a I don't want to say culture shock, but how much of a transition was that to go from the theater to like, hey, like the only thing you get to use is your voice and go. Yeah, you're in a, you're in a two by two box, a sound and feeling depri dep bleh, deprivation chamber. I can't speak. <laughs> I promise. Um, uh, I remember one of my first classes I took uh, was with Kyle Phillips. And I get, you know, you're all excited because you get in the booth and you're about to do, you know, I don't even remember what it was. And I gave my first take and he goes, he comes on, you know, they press the button and he comes on. He goes, Brianna, there's no back row <laughs> in a sound booth. <laughs> I just was like, yeah, you know, just like project, like no natural cadence. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that, uh, learning when it's appropriate to project and when you just speak normally, like the person is this far from your face. Um, right. so there was definitely that, uh, I, I think I struggled at first to find how to have that, uh, inf inflection in my voice without the volume, because in theater, they're always mm -hmm. like louder, loud, we can't right, hear right. you. Um, so definitely learning how to do that. And um, diction obviously is a good thing for voice acting, but in theater, you over enunciate sometimes to make sure the person in the back row can understand what you're saying. So again, learning to bring it in to hear and be natural. Um, 
I am still very physical in the, as you can see, my hands going around like this. Uh, that just comes from my theater background. And a lot of actors do still put movement into the booth. You just have to be careful. Again, my, uh, when I booked, um, Crystal Gaze Medusa, which was my first like major thing to book being on Smite, I was still very animated. <laughs> I remember I kept hitting the mic, which is like a no, no. Uh -oh. um, <laughs> So I think uh, I, Donald Schultz was the one directing that that uh, session. He was like, I, li I like that you're into it, but just, you know, <laughs> get, get a little the space. There's a, there's a safety <laughs> buffer around the microphone. Um, yeah. So again, learning how to still have some physicality, but not... <laughs> No, no touching, no touching. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not uh, everybody in, can in, get a chance to have their re, uh, reproduction moment of the uh, behind-the-scenes uh, videos of Robin Williams from uh, Aladdin. You know, <laughs> you, you don't get that same kind of thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I still am very physical with it, and it can help, like especially with, um, you know, video games or if you're doing some sort of fight scene. You know, if like you're getting hit and let's say you're, you're getting stabbed in the stomach or something and you're just like, Ugh. whereas if you like actually like do the physical action, it can help make it sound more realistic. So like, Ugh. like just Ugh. as long as you're always aware of where your voice is in relation to the mic, you know, I, I, I move around. I can't say too because we're always in the booth by ourselves. So our experiences are very individual. I can't say I have actually observed that many actors in the booth outside of classes. Um, so this is me. Maybe there's actors who's like, don't ever move. So I'm, <laughs> you're not supposed to move. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, sorry, to follow up on that, um, you actually kind of transitioned into what I was going to ask next. So thank you. That, that's very helpful. Yeah, welcome. Basically doing my interview for me. Um, but yeah, going from the interaction of being on stage with another human being to being in a booth by yourself, not being able to interact with anything, how much like, how much of a challenge was that? It was really hard early on, uh, particularly for anime. If you were, because the earlier you record in the episode, the less English that's already been done. So you might be responding to the Japanese version of it rather than the English. And you really do play off oh, of wow. the emotions a lot of the other actors. Mm -hmm. So if you're recording earlier in the episode, you're responding to uh, the Japanese recording. Um, so early on, that was much harder for me. Uh, you, you just, over time and experience, you just get better at it. <laughs> that... I mean, I guess you just get used to the format and become a better actor. But early on, that definitely was hard, especially when I was responding to the language I didn't understand. Even though I could read the script, it is just yeah. different hearing what you understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially because when you hear the Japanese dub versus the English dub, uh, the way that certain characters emote or just the uh, the way that the Japanese actors uh, tone uh, comes across uh, just because of who's voicing the character versus how it's going to come across uh, from the uh, English 
uh, actor is going to have entirely different uh, feels mm -hmm. sometimes. Uh, and so when you're reacting to one, it can, you know, kind of seem different uh, after the fact when you go back and watch it, I, I would assume, because, I mean, I'm a big Attack on Titan fan. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've always been, you know, a, a purist on that one. You know, I, I love the uh, Japanese voice actors, but then mm -hmm. uh, when I've gone back and listened to the uh, English dub on it, uh, the, the whole tone of certain uh, interactions just completely changed uh, when I heard the, the way that the uh, English actors uh, interpreted uh, some of the scenes. And uh, it, it took me a second to go, wait, oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Okay, yeah, because there's, okay, okay. you know, you still have some creative liberty as an actor. You you don't want to exactly replicate what this other actor yeah, did because right. you are still an actor and an artist and you're creating a character. And yeah. the audiences are different. So American audiences just consume things different from a Japanese audience or a Spanish audience or a French, whatever the interpretation of the script is. So you have to make your performance to cater to the people who are going to be watching it. Um, and we're, as American, it's so funny though, because in general you travel abroad and people say Americans are so loud and boisterous and obnoxious, but we tend to consume media on a little bit lower key uh, yeah. interpretation of things. So it's, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, now, speaking of Attack on Titan, uh, I, I know that that is one of your more recent roles uh, going in. Mm -hmm. uh, no spoilers for season uh, four in, in case, you know, you aren't caught up out there. Uh, but, you know, with uh, season four, I know that uh, you had the opportunity uh, to be able to get the role of Gabby's uh, mother, uh, who... Uh, I, you know, mixed opinions on Gabby uh, <laughs> and people's uh, <laughs> uh, opinions on her right now. Uh, I, I'm currently going through my own uh, feelings, but um, I, your role as her mother so far has been uh, so fantastic, especially considering the dynamics of getting to see uh, the, the families uh, involved uh, on that side of the story for the first time. Uh, mm -hmm. How is... How was it learning, number one, that you got a role on Attack on Titan, and how has that experience been so far? <laughs> well, first, I just want to point out that that picture was the wrong picture. That was the ant. Uh, um, uh, so they're in the same scenes, yeah, though, yeah. so don't worry. You were close. Damn were it, close. Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to confuse people who are out yes, there yeah, watching like, yeah, what? Yeah. Um, I was ecstatic. I love Attack on Titan. Uh, generally, I, I don't like the gory shows, and if you watch Attack on Titan, yeah. you know, there's a lot of chomp and a lot of blood. Um, a little bit. But man, that show, it's like, it's so addictive. I, I can't I can't stop <laughs> watching it. Um, so when I first got the booking, you don't know what you booked, you just know what show. So they'll, you know, they'll contact you, say, are you available to record blah, 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 on blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, Attack on Titan. <laughs> um, so I was super duper 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 excited. Um, it's such a great show and it being the final season to get to be a part of it was super exciting. Um, and of course, anytime you get to have your name on Toonami is like, <laughs> so that was really exciting. I don't know if we'll ever see Gabby's mother again, but you know, we're only how many episodes into the dub are we? I think we're five, four. I can't remember. So, so somewhere I think in five. that family. I, 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 I want to say it was five. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, and uh, of course, you know, with the, uh, the the most recent announcement that the um, you know uh, anime looks like it is going to be stopping short of the uh, length of the manga as far as the storyline, uh, you know, that makes it very interesting to see how far the anime is going to end up going before it calls its ending, and how much of you know uh, the different side characters able, are able to be brought back in. Uh, mm -hmm. Before then, that might be in later uh, in the manga. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, that that's going to be very interesting to see. But I mean, I, obviously, I I have faith uh, in what they're doing because, dang it, they've done a good job so far. So yeah. <laughs> Mike Mike McFarland, the English dub director, he's just he's yeah. amazing. So it it is in good hands. Uh, but yeah, great show, great show. Uh, I, I would have been just as excited to do Walla. Like a lot of people don't care about yeah. Walla. I love Walla. Like <laughs> you get to be goofy. You can like in a 30 minute set, you'd be a grandma. You'd be a little kid. Yeah. You, you'd be a scaredy cat running away. Like you can be so many things. So it's like you really get to stretch your acting chops when you're doing Walla. Um, so that's always fun to me. So, but the fact that I was actually nice. Gabby's mother, I was like, oh. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, um, so it, that kind of leads into, uh, you know, a, a question that I, I think a lot of anime fans have uh, for voice actors uh, is that before you got into voice acting, uh, had you been very aware of anime uh, and, you know, been a fan of it or did that kind of come with the professional involvement? For me, it came with the professional involvement. Um, I had never really watched much anime beyond, you know, everybody knows Dragon Ball Z and, you know, things that are on mainstream TV. Um, but I hadn't ever really watched much. And Danny Chambers, my best friend, has always been a huge fan. So she's always talked about it. And I've just, I had never watched it. And yeah. I had already been voice acting. Uh, I was actually many years into it before I started doing anime. But even before I worked at Funimation, um, what was the, f the the very first show I was introduced to was Fairy Tale because of course, um, <laughs> love that show so fun. That was my anime 101 introduction. And then because Danny's my best friend, of course, she's the lead Chisei in Anxious Megas Bride. So that was anime number two that I watched. Yep. Um, and now I have watched so much and like it, it like unleashed a monster within me. <laughs> I, I feel like it's actually probably good. I wasn't watching it when I was a kid because I would have been obsessed. So obsessed. <laughs> so at least as an adult, I, I try to have some moderation in my anime binge watching, <laughs> but sometimes I fail. It's just so good, y'all. It's so good. <laughs> Which is fair. Uh, I mean, and, and that I, I know the uh, the animation uh, community, the, the fans. There, there is a, a deep divide between the fans of anime versus American animation. And if you ever mistake the two, oh, <laughs> oh, you just made the wrong Duck. wrong mistake. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> Just oh, dumb. no. No, I, I think some of the most heated arguments I've ever heard at conventions were from those groups where uh, somebody <laughs> made the faux pas, uh, especially of uh, saying, oh, yeah, Avatar The Last Airbender was a great anime. 
Oh, oh, the, How the, dare. The, the venom that comes from that of, it is not an anime, it, 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 it is American, it is this, that, that, that. Uh, but I mean, it's all coming from such a deep place of passion that, uh, <laughs> you, you know, if you are a fan of both, you're, you kind of want to jump in, uh, but you're afraid because you w don't know which side you would want to take, because it's like, I love it all, but... I mean, you're right, but yeah. <laughs> Regardless of its classification, it's still a great yeah. show, Avatar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. And I'm definitely of the the camp uh, that actually enjoyed uh, Legend of Korra uh, after uh, Last Airbender. I I don't get the hate. Like I I understand the different storytelling, but I thought it was uh, fantastic too, uh, but for many different reasons. Uh, <laughs> But um, I haven't seen either, so I'm just gonna sit over here and flip oh. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you had seen uh, Last Airbender. No. You need to fix oh, that. Fail. Just. Okay, we're, we're, we're fixing that. Um, I, but... If I have to uh, have Kyla duct tape you to the couch and uh, force you uh, Clockwork Orange style to watch the whole thing, we're getting you to binge that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And, and you okay, know she would. Question mark. You, you know she would. <laughs> Without she can try. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So, you know, you, you said that your uh, your, your first uh, voice acting role was uh, a, a more American animation. Uh, which, which show was that, by the way? Uh, the one that I did, the studio I worked at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was called Deep Blue Connects. It was a kids' uh, show, so that was originally animation. They and they were short episodes. It went for like uh, six or seven years. I can't remember exactly the episode count, but they were short episodes. They were like three to five minute episodes, but okay. uh, it was a lot of fun. I got to work my kid voice, which surprisingly enough, I never get cast in kids. Even though that's how I got my start, I never get kid kid roles. <laughs> So was that like a an online uh, show, or was that uh, you know like a PBS kind of thing, or uh, uh, it wasn't to on? I think what? they did their own streaming. Um, I know they could get it on DVD. Um, I don't. I don't know. I actually I haven't looked into it in so long. Um, uh, but I know it was on DVD. So nice. There you go. <laughs> um, nice. So I'll interject again because Brad's talking too much. Um, so when you go to read for a role uh is it is it kind of like the traditional or like oh i want this role so i'll go in and read or is it literally you go in and maybe the director has something in mind like hey we're casting for x character or y character that needs to be between this range and this range have this style of voice need to be able to do this and this and inflect this way or is it you just kind of go in and maybe you just this is the one that i want to read for or is it really just Hey, this is where we think you would fit best for bringing this character to life. Like, what's that process like? Uh, so every project is different. Um, I'll speak specifically to Funimation since we're mostly talking about anime. Um, obviously, the days okay. of going into the studio are, I think, thing of the past, at least for right now. <laughs> um, but <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> what we would do. Uh, before this, and now we do it digitally. It's not live. We'll just submit an audition when they do have them. Um, a lot of times it would be they would have you would walk in for your audition. There's a book that has the show information, any notes from the director, and then it has all the different main roles. Because um, usually they'll cast 
all of the side roles off of the audition for the main ones. Like they don't need to actually have an audition for every single character. And then usually they'll say, pick your three that you want to audition for. So you'll read the character information, you'll come up with your interpretation, then you'll go into the booth and do your live audition with the director. They may give you some more context than what was in the audition book, uh, but they might just say, okay, go for it. Uh, just depends on the director and what extra information they want to give you or if they have time to uh, redirect you. Uh, if you give a read and they're like, okay, try it this way. Uh, so it just, you know, it varies on the director. Um, and obviously now with not doing live auditions, you don't get any feedback. So they don't redirect you. You just have to <laughs> give your best shot and Ooh. send it off into uh, the interwebs and, and cross your fingers. So yeah. I guess when you would do a live one, so you're not, so so when you say you go into the, you're just working with the directors, like you're not being read any lines back to you. You're not bringing like, so you are literally just delivering your lines, how you think it goes. And then that's it. Mm hmm. Yeah, it'll just have uh, generally, you know, how, however many lines they give you. And you're not even getting the Japanese version or anything to play off of. You're just doing it like a cold read, basically. Um, that sounds super challenging. <laughs> it can be, because sometimes your interpretation is you'll then later see the final <laughs> product. And you're like, oh, you're like I was, I way, was off. way off. Way <laughs> <Yeah>. off. Um, <laughs> But sometimes, like, because the again, within Funimation, because it is a roster of actors, the directors are familiar with what you can do. So if you, you shoot, you know, way off in left field and that's not what the character is, but they know you can do it, well, then maybe that's when they'll give you a redirect. Um, but a lot of times with Funimation, okay. they don't do auditions. It's just the dub... Uh, is so it's such a fast turnaround on doing simul dubs mm -hmm. that there's not always time for them to do auditions. So a lot of times, uh, the directors just cast based on the roster. Everybody has their uh, demos on the roster, and of course they have. Uh, I'm sure they save auditions from previous stuff, and they can you know pull to know what you can do and stuff. So uh, it's a very fast, fast-paced uh, environment. Interesting, very interesting. So I, I know. Maybe one of the biggest misconceptions uh, that tends to come up with voice acting is, um, you know, that a voice actor's job is to come up with all these uh, different voices that you can do. You know, you, you know your uh, your repertoire of characters, uh, so to speak, and uh, your your job is to go in and uh, you know just do funny voices all day. Uh, and that is how you become a voice actor. Uh, but I, I know that that is. Uh, maybe the furthest thing from the the truth for a lot of it. Uh, so, uh, were, were there any uh, misconceptions you had going into voice acting uh, that have uh, had to be corrected in your head <laughs> as you've gone through? Uh, <laughs> so, you know how a, a voice actor uh, is. Ah. <laughs> uh... I don't know, because I already had the background of working as a stage actor. Um, so I already had that foundation. And I went into the voice acting world not having previously like been a fan or having really thought about it. It's like, I just all of a sudden after I had this opportunity, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. So first step was to start taking classes, which immediately dispelled any sort of misconception that I had. 
Um, but I don't recall anything specific. Um, but I know some people do. You know, you always get people who say, "Oh, I can do a perfect Daffy Duck interpretation. I should, <laughs> I should be a voice actor." Um, yeah. And of course, there are those voice actors who make their career because they can do such insanely perfect, crazy voices. But most of your work, for me, or for most actors is going to be in your normal range you'll have your characters that are your bread and butter so for me it's a mom and uh, also like a, a tough you know anything that's going to be in the lower register um can i do the higher register voices yes but that's not where i naturally sit whereas there's people like danny who that is where her voice naturally sits so it's going to be a lot easier for her to hit that and sound natural so it is just kind of finding where you fit within the puzzle of voice acting and being okay with that and then stretching yourself. And then as you grow and you build relationships, then directors who have confidence in your ability, then maybe they're going to cast you in something that's not your bread and butter because they have faith you can do it uh, because they know you as an actor and how capable you are. Then you get to kind of spread your wings and fly a little bit. So, so you're telling me that uh, voice acting isn't just a bunch of screaming for guys and, and the the traditional anime girl voice for uh, for female a actors. That that that's that's not no. how it works. <laughs> it's not, unfortunately. Hate hate to bust your bubble. <laughs> well, okay. uh, oh well. <laughs> nice to be out there for you, Brad. There you go. Um. But I mean, obviously, uh, there are certain anime tropes that, regardless of the uh, the, the genre, uh, kinda is just it is an anime staple, you know. Especially mm -hmm. the, uh, the the fan service side of uh, the shows. You know, the, every show always has to have the the one thing that, that's there uh, just for the fans. It has nothing to do with plot. Has uh, th there's no reason why this character should be drawn this way or they should act this way, but dang it, it's for the fans. Uh, and and I, I feel like uh, I, I, I've only gotten to see a little bit of it, but uh, I feel like a show like uh, uh, Haneda uh, Illusion is kind of in that category of yeah, no, that that's is visually very much fan service, even though that's not necessarily uh, the, the actual script. Uh, but it, it's definitely, you know, it seems like a very fun show that has a very different uh, perception. If you've only ever seen um, the, the posters, you know, you, you're thinking, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a little fun, cutesy thing. Or, you know, you, you go over and, you know, look at some of the other characters and you're like, oh, it's, it's something else. Uh, okay, not, not, so, not so cutesy. Or is it? I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, like, you know, so, something like uh, uh, Hatena, uh, what, what, what is that, uh, that, that kind of show like for you? I mean, do, do you like the, that kind of uh, fantasy uh, show to be able to get involved with, or, or do you prefer more of the, the grounded kind of plots? I like both. So the fantasy shows and uh, ones that are in an alternate reality are, are the larger-than-life characters. So as a theater person, my heart loves those opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is also fun to do some of the more grounded ones. And I find myself, as a consumer, preferring the more serious shows um, over the larger-than-life ones. So as an actor, I would say I'm the reverse. Um, but it, it, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. And two, 
when you're a lower register girl, you just know you're going to play a lot of big boob ladies. <laughs> one, one of my very first, like not one of my, my literal very first show was Conception, which is 100% fan service. So, you know, again, you just got to know where you fit in the puzzle. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what, what do you say to the, the people that have never really gotten into anime, but look at it and uh, see the fan service side of it and just go, I mean, but really, though? Like, like what, what, what's your response to somebody that, that hasn't gotten into it, but sees that as like the, the reason why they're kind of holding back? Um, anime is so diverse. Uh, just because that's what you happen to see uh, somewhere is not at all what all anime is. Anime is just as diverse as any other media format that we consume. Um, the shows, I mean, pick pick anything, it, like any topic, and you can find an anime about it. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. And there, there really is something for everyone. If you're not used to anime, it does like take some getting used. So I remember when I first watched Fairy Tale, which is a more goofy uh, show. Yeah. I was like, these, these people crazy. Like, <laughs> they're so over the top. One. And then the more you watch it, you're like, wow. I love how they express themselves. I love how what they're feeling on the inside comes out so strongly on the outside that sometimes that's how we feel. We wish that we could yell like that when we're that mad, or we wish when we're sad that we could cry and the tears could just like down our face. Like it's such yeah. a fun expression of humanity, I think. And no matter what level of goofiness or serious that you like, there is something for you. So if you haven't tried out anime yet, I would say, give it a try. You just got to find the right show for you. So talk to your buddies who do watch anime to find something that you think you'll like. Uh, and just, just go at it with an open mind. <laughs> Very nice. Um, so uh, another thing that's uh, very common, it seems like, within the uh, the voice acting community, especially uh, now with the, uh, we'll say, uh, mid to almost post-mega-apocalypse uh, <laughs> landscape that we live in, uh, it, the recording at, in your home studio versus uh, in a uh, third-party studio versus in like the main studio for uh, you know like at Funimation, um, you know you have all these different options, but the the home studio seems to be becoming uh, so much more prevalent and so much more mm -hmm. uh, almost preferred by uh, a lot of people. Uh, it seems like. Um, how how has that transition been for you? Was it a, a big shift or uh, was it a, a massive learning curve uh, trying to get that set up for yourself? Or it man, oh man, I think back on the early days of the pandemic, <laughs> and I'm like, how how did we survive? Um, it was it was so hard uh, before. Uh, specifically to Funimation before the method they found the method that worked to continue the dubbing from home it was really hard and it was like are we gonna have work um you know things that can record in advance uh there was more hope for like doing commercials or something like that but dubbing uh it like I said the simul dub is such a crazy fast turnaround um 
And there's so many people involved in the process. So huge kudos to Funimation and the other studios that found their way through that mess and how far we have come from the early days. Um, Because I remember uh, in last summer, uh, those of us who didn't yet have our own home studio (laughs) set up like we do now, uh, Funimation put together these actor kits that just had what you needed to be able to self-engineer. It had a mic and an iPad oh, wow. um, and the software on it, like just different things you needed. And at that point, we didn't have Source Connect or anything like that for the engineers. So they're literally like watching your, you're sharing your screen and they're watching to make sure you're not just totally screwing everything up. Um, yeah. And for me, it was so hard because it's like two different parts of your brain doing the acting and doing the engineering and obviously most actors aren't trained to do engineering I at least had some background in the sense that I went to school for film and broadcast so I was uh, familiar with like non-linear editing and things like that um, but even that for me was hard because you'd give a take and now you've got to like shift your brain and now you've got to come and like technically like you know you're doing this on your screen and you're trying to make sure the flaps match and ah, it was so stressful um, we've come a long way since then. Um, so were you, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like, it sounds like you were almost, y'all were almost doing like the directing. The director was well. on the call. Like, got... So the director still had oh, well, okay, the last okay, day. Okay. They were telling you okay, what you were doing, okay. um, but they couldn't see your screen. So where they were having to rely on you as the actor was to make oh. sure your, your flaps, what you were saying matched with the okay. flaps. So. I know some fans have complained because the um, the flap sync didn't quite look perfect during that time, but that's because it was going through so many processes. You had lag, you know, because we're, we're yeah, doing calls like yeah. Zoom or whatnot, and there's internet lag and stuff. So um, things weren't as sharp and perfect as, you know, when we were in the booth. But now uh, the engineers are actually engineering now. We all do source connect or something similar to that. Um, where they're actually engineering, we're plugged in, and uh, okay. it's much, much better now. Yeah. <laughs> but we survived, yeah. we made it, and we all, we're still working <laughs> through the pandemic, so yay. So that actually brings up uh, <laughs> a, kind of a, an interesting thing I hadn't really uh, thought of uh, before, was, um, you know, normally when you think of the home studio setup, you, your, your mind tends to go to the traditional YouTuber home studio of, oh yeah, no, it's all, you uh, you record it uh, at in your home studio, you take care of all the adjustments in the home studio, you're doing you, and then you send in your recording to someplace else but that's going to be taking it in, doing their magic with it, come back to you, ask for adjustments. But it sounds like there's actually like a, a live interaction during the recording session still, mm-hmm. just uh, now all digital. Uh, so is that actually through like Zoom calls or is there yeah. like a more mm-hmm. involved process? Like the recording happening locally, call happening to monitor you and then you still send the recording or how, how does that actually work? Yeah, when you're on the call, you're on a call with the director and the engineer and of course you, sometimes a producer or someone else might be on, um, but you're sending it through to straight to the engineer um, using, I use Source Connect, I'm sure there's other things that are used. Um, and uh, the director is sharing their screen with you, so you're seeing what you're dubbing 
or the script based on like when I have set up, I have my laptop, I have my iPad, I have my phone. You've got it like everything on different different things. So because you don't want yeah. your computer to be loud while you're recording, but you need it so you can see what you're doing. So it's just it's a yeah. whole it can be a whole mess. But the, they've gotten the process down pretty good now, um, and it's much easier than it was. And our engineers are amazing because. Man, during those months when things were so crazy, everyone's home booth and setup was so different. Uh, the sound quality would be different, and then they took all that from hundreds of different of sources and then made it all sound really uniform in the final product of an episode. That's awesome. Yeah, that, yeah, that lots definitely of work. speaks to the the quality of sound engineers uh, you guys got working mm-hmm. uh, with you because that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from the post-production uh, that we have to do for our stuff, especially for, uh, like, at, uh, well, when conventions existed, uh, trying <laughs> to get the audio to uh, be cleaned up at a convention when, you know, there's literally mm-hmm. uh, the booth next to you, uh, pe- uh, you got a fan uh, losing their mind, uh, and, and you got to be able to, you know, have your final products actually be clear with you mm-hmm. and your uh, person you're talking to uh, talking, uh, you know, that... that takes a lot of skill and just a lot of patience uh, yes so that, that oh, definitely patience. speaks a, a lot to the sound engineers you guys got working <laughs> with you yeah Funimation released a really awesome behind the scenes uh, video a couple months ago it's on their YouTube channel that just shows the whole dub from home process uh, so oh, if wow. you're interested oh, in wow. seeing more about that I know they've got that posted uh, on their YouTube channel well, huh. uh, after we're done uh, live here, uh, you, I will make sure that you guys can find that video uh, there, right, up uh, above Mike's head in the uh, the little iCard <laughs> uh, for YouTube. Uh, I, I I will make sure to link that there for you because that that is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I, actually, we we talked about if you have your you know favorite actors to work with. Uh, I guess this kind of brings up, do you have your favorite uh, sound engineers to work with? Like the, the people that uh, you know behind the scenes, uh, they always get my voice right. That I, th- This and is the one that, oh yes, yes, yes. They're all wonderful. Um, <laughs> I have, I seriously haven't ever run across an engineer that uh, with Funimation that wasn't just awesome. Um, obviously to be working there, they know what they're doing. Uh, they're good at what they do. And everyone is just, so nice that's one thing to say about the Funimation organization in general is they have created a culture of um, just openness and acceptance and kindness Uh, so I would say everyone who works there lives out that culture that they've created so I I really like them all like I can't I wouldn't I wouldn't like put put one above the other they're all just great and they're all different just like directors are different and have their different personalities same thing for the engineers nice is there a director that you uh, prefer working with like is there a director that you really feel like gets you and really brings out the best in like you trying to find the voice for a character <sighs> again they're all so different they each have their own <laughs> methods um i've really enjoyed working with clifford chapin he he's a lot of fun um he really lets actors follow their intuition but also gives really good direction um caitlin glass is a lot of fun too um they're they're all i all i if i like literally sat down and thought about each director i could tell you something i like different about all of them um and again when you're talking about getting to a level of being a director of Funimation, you are good at what you do you are good at being a director you are good at working with people so 
they wouldn't be there if they weren't. And because of that, it, it's hard to ever say one of them isn't is better than the other. They're all just different. Gotcha. Very diplomatic. Don't, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Don't don't play favorites. We we, we got you. We got you. Uh, <laughs> um, um, yeah. So now, just let me interrupt you, Brad. Stop talking for a second. Um, so, <laughs> walk us through. So before apocalypse end of the world whatever we want to call it what is like a normal day like when you're in the studio like i mean because you know movie actors and everything like that you know tv actors they hear stories like you know you're shooting multiple scenes over and over and you mm -hmm. you know you've got to go on so like but you're filming generally like an episode or you know certain scenes of like how much voice acting work or voice i guess recording are you doing in a given day like are you just on one episode at a time or are you recording for like several episodes ahead or like what is that process like um so for the simul dubs you usually are never recording for more than the current episode because it's all such okay. a fast turnaround and generally they don't even have the assets from the japanese company yet to be recording the next maybe they might be one episode ahead of what's gotcha. what's out currently um but when you go into funimation to record it, it just depends you know, what different shows you're cast on. Um, if you're coming in, for some, your character appears for a line and you're going to be in there for 15 minutes, well, Funimation wants to use you to the best of your ability and you get paid by the hour, so they're going to stick you in a wall a session or something. <laughs> um, yeah. So it just depends what shows you're currently on. It changes from season to season. You know, I've had seasons where I didn't work at all. And then you have seasons where you're going in twice a week. Um, you know, other actors are going to be, it's going to be almost more like a full-time gig for them. So it just, it really changes from season to season on how much work you are doing. And then are you ever recording multiple shows at a time? Um, you will in the same day. So they'll try to schedule okay. you, you know, it's, it's a balancing act. Uh, but if the talent coordinator can get you to record for, oh, you're on Attack on Titan. Okay. And now you're on Fire Force and you're also on this show and you appear in all these episodes. Well, we're going to try to make it all work in the same day within the same however many hour time frame. So they really try to, to pack it together so you're not making multiple trips. Or you're not sitting for hours waiting for your next session. So they're pretty good about keeping you scheduled. So what's the God, most do you find that characters to be... you've had to cram into one day? I heard, I heard two, two questions. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, Brad. Uh, Go ahead, Brad. Uh, what, what's the, uh, the most number of characters you've had to cram into one day? I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's hard to think about it. It's now that uh, we do it from home. Uh, you don't necessarily do like that. You don't stack your sessions like you used to when you actually went to the studio. So you might log on and just do a 15 minute session. Um, when we were physically going to the studio, um, Oh gosh, I don't know. I can't say I've ever counted Se several <laughs> in a day. I, I don't know. Do you find that to be a challenge jumping from show to show with shows having such a like different tone sometimes and, you know, lines being delivered to, you know, obviously differently and playing the different characters? Like, do you find that to like, okay, so we just recorded for this, take like a five minute, now we're jumping into this. Like, is that a, uh, is that a hard transition or is that like, once you've done it for so long, you're like, all right, cake. It, it's, I do think it comes with experience. Um, 
So much mm-hmm. of being a dubbing and anime voice actor is you have to be able to get in the moment like this. You have to create a real and meaningful moment having never read the script before right now. <laughs> like, okay, read your line and we're going to preview in Japanese and one, two, three, go. So you do just get better at creating moments that are meaningful and real at the drop of a hat. Um where it can be more difficult is say you came from a session from a show or a scene that was much like more heart-wrenching or emotional and then you jump over to something goofy like sometimes you gotta like switch your brain um to get get yourself in a different mindset um but for the most part uh it's not too difficult i would say gotcha but but maybe that's just me Maybe I'm maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I'm not in the headspace enough. I don't know. Or, or maybe you're doing something right. Maybe we'll say that. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Ah oh, man. Uh, so, I mean, I I, 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 I guess the the big question that I. I, I've been very, very curious about for the people that do uh, animation, and, you know, uh, like anime or American animation and video games. Um, when it comes to your dream role, uh, you know, uh, the the big long-term AAA game uh, voice acting role versus, you know, the uh, series regular that uh, is going to go on for, you know, uh, ten seasons. Uh, in your mind, what is that perfect project? I mean, if, if we're like reaching for the stars here, um, I would love to be a villain in a Disney or Pixar movie. I mean, if we're going all the way out, like, come on, that, that would be like the dream. Okay. Um, nice. within, within my, my current, uh, realm of possibilities, playing a character like Urza from Fairy Tale would be awesome to just play this uh, really tough and brave woman at, that's in a show that goes for eternity. Uh, that would be awesome. Talk about job security. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I would love to play a character like that. Um, or I, I really love villains. Uh, like my, my bread and butter has been moms, but I, I would be elated if I just became like the go-to evil villain voice. <laughs> nice. oh so God. are those, are those roles, like, so you say you want to be the villain, like, have you, have you read for a lot of those and you just, no, we don't necessarily like you for that I, role or is it? I like, haven't been is in it, anime. It, I don't think I have ever been a villain. I don't think I'm, I'm pretty much the animom, um, in video <laughs> games, <laughs> in video games, I've had a little more opportunities to be, uh, larger than life, like Ragnarok era, uh, and stuff. Um, but I would say within anime, mostly the mom, but, uh, I, uh, we'll see, hopefully some new opportunities will come. Uh, I'm in this voice acting say, thing that- for the long haul. Is that one of those where the next time maybe you guys get a new one, you're like, hey, so this villain, uh, maybe look at me for that one there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I never ask directors for opportunities, so I, I would never do like a wink and a nudge. Um, you, you know, there are bounds, even though we're all friends. Even though we're all friends and colleagues and the community's pretty tight knit, um, I, I feel there are boundaries you don't cross. 
Um, so even though you maybe would have lunch with somebody, um, I feel like that's a line you don't cross. But other people might feel differently. (laughs) And maybe that's why I'm not a villain, because I'm not saying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I like to maintain a level of uh, professionalism. And I want, uh, again, because it's a tight-knit community, I want people to know I want to be their friend because I want to be yeah. their friend, not because of what they can do for me. Uh, so I, I try to keep keep the boundaries where the boundaries need to be. That's that's not very villainous, though. <laughs> I, I know, man. <laughs> I'm like not a villain at heart. It's all acting. <laughs> so do you keep an eye on you know like the the, the Japanese only animes that uh, are looking to get picked up by an English studio like Funimation uh, to think uh, if, if, if Funimation gets this uh, that that's the one I want to go after you know because they, they they have the character that I just I, I, I have to get you know you're, you're just like <laughs> keeping an eye on it just, just in case. Just in case, definitely when you see Funimation starting to announce what shows they're going to have for the upcoming season, you can't help but be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would love. Um, but I really try not to think about it. Uh, you can just drive yourself crazy. Um, wishing and hoping and wanting and so so much more of the industry is going to be rejection than being booked. And you have to be okay with that. You have to have thick skin. I was cleaning off my hard drive recently and I had over a thousand auditions. Okay, over a thousand. Obviously, I have not booked even a small percentage of those. Um, And and you have to be okay with that. And so really, you have to audition. If you have the opportunity to audition, you audition and you forget about it. Um, Sometimes there's those ones that you audition for that maybe stick with you for a few days and you hope. But you got to just let it go or you're going to eat yourself up on the inside and be miserable. And I prefer not to live life miserably, so I try to yeah. let it go. Sometimes I fail, but I try. <laughs> well, especially because uh, with anime, uh, especially right now, there are just so many of them that even if you uh, find the one you want, I mean, it, you, you can look back and say, you know, well, uh, of the major uh, releases that happened for just even winter 2020, there were something like 36 brand new mm-hmm. shows uh, that debuted, yeah. not even including uh, the next season releases of existing properties. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. that feels like it could be almost daunting to look at the release list and just go, oh my gosh. What what do I go after? What 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 can I go after? It's just <sighs> <laughs> there's a lot, and and not all of them get dubbed. A good portion of yeah. them do each season, but not all. Um, and, and two, I, everybody has their own philosophy, and and some feel this way and some don't. Um, I feel there are plenty, a gazillion capable actors that could get cast in the role that I am hoping for and do just as good or better. Because there is always going to be somebody who has more experience than you. You, there, there will. That's just the case. There will always be. Um, so there's a lot of factors that go into a director's decision. So you have to try not to take it personally and not feel like because you didn't get it that you suck, that you're not good. Who, who knows what the 1,200 reasons that they took into account were that they cast someone in that role. Um, so you just have to not let it get to you and just keep moving on and be happy for the opportunities you do have. Very nice. So the 
you, you, you did mention that you've uh, done a lot of mother roles. Uh, mm. And obviously, you know, we, we know that one, one of the uh, more... Uh, recent and one of my uh, getting ready to be new favorites was uh, Emma Spring and Astra Lost in Space because yes. oh my gosh this thing is starting out to be a fantastic um, oh, so good <laughs> has there been any uh, of uh, these roles that's like has been your favorite that, that you just look back and uh, go man I'm just so glad I, that I, I got that one like that just it, that, that was the the role that I could have hoped for. Uh. Yeah. Um, again, knowing the within the realm of possibilities of where I fit in the puzzle. Um, because everyone, of course, wants to be the lead, but not everybody can be the lead. Yeah. Um, yep. No small parts, only small actors, as they, <laughs> as they say. Uh, um, uh, I really, really liked Ostra Lost in Space. Um, Emma doesn't appear all that much throughout the series, but I think she is a uh, pivotal uh, part of that and her relationship in particular with her daughter. I'm not going to give it away why I think that relationship is special. Um, and I'm glad that they portrayed their relationship that way. Uh, that one was really special to me. And working with Caitlin Glass on that was really awesome. The show, and too, anytime you get to be a part of a show where the story is so complete and so good, it, it feels extra special to be a part of it. So definitely liked that one. Um, being on Fire Force was pretty cool. Again, she, uh, Captain Huang doesn't appear, but just a smattering of places here and there. Um, but it, that's a really good show. Again, one that the story is so, so good. So it's just fun to be any part of it. Um, Trying to think of others. Uh, I think probably one of the most meaningful, though the show, the show wasn't that great. Okay. But <laughs> it was called After Lost. Um, it was one of the earliest things that I did. Uh, Mike McFarland was the director. Um, I was a character named Susan. Uh, that was meaningful because that was very, very early on in my anime dubbing career. And Mike giving me that opportunity to be a recurring character in the show when I was still so green and looking back and seeing how patient he was with me. Um, that's a special one that I'll always remember because since those were some of my earlier sessions, I remember them. I remember things that were going on in my head or some of my insecurities and stuff that, that I won't ever remember in you know subsequent sessions because I've done it so many times now. So that's a special one, even though the show is, you know, I mean, check it out if you want to check it out. It's not terrible. It's <laughs> Yeah, no, you you mentioned that show, and uh, you know, it, it, something clicked in the back of my head. I'm like, wait, after Lost, after, oh my gosh, after Lost, I I, ha <laughs> I have seen like half of it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's very confusing. It's not that it's bad. It's just it's very confusing. It, 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 it just it it kind of goes like this. I, you know, one of those, one of those. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would say it's like, you know, half of anime out there, but in, in fairness, this this one was a, a unique brand of... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes you're like, wait, did I miss something? And you're like, no, no, I didn't actually miss anything. I just, you know, went over here. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, 
No, it, it definitely sounds like you have a lot of fun doing what you're doing. And uh, I mean, there, there are definitely uh, certain people that we've, we've gotten to talk to that uh, w when you hear them talk about voice acting, you can tell that that is without question their favorite thing to do. Uh, and it's just so cool to hear, and that that is 100% you. Uh. <laughs> I think that's why um, we do it, um, why so many people, people are in the pursuit of anything creative that feeds their soul. That's why it makes us happy, and that's why it's worth it, even though you face so much more rejection <laughs> than acceptance. And then even when you do get an opportunity to portray something or someone awesome, you know, sometimes you get shredded by fans and then sometimes people love it and there's just no pleasing everyone. So you have to do what makes you happy and do it for you. And again, uh, I, I always talk know about anyway? got to know where you fit in the puzzle <laughs> and be okay with it. Very nice. So, okay. Controversial question uh, that I, I think every uh, entertainment fan ha has uh, asked themselves at one point or another. Um, what is your stance on a, a show's creators taking cues from the fans as they make, uh, you know, the, the subsequent episodes and seasons? You know, l letting the fans influence the, uh, you know, certain aspects or even certain directions of the show. Hmm. Two, two, there's the two veins of thought on that probably are, you know, as the creator, it's your project, your universe, your story that you are telling. You shouldn't let people influence it because this is your story. Then there's the other vein of thinking that, but this is for them. It's for the consumer and you want them to be happy. You want them to consume. Um, I, I think there can be a balance in it. I, I think if you have a story you want to, you want to tell, um, stick to your guns and tell the story. Um, I think you get a lot more clarity in your story structure and the end product might be something that holds up over time better. But I think some shows call for it too. Uh, you know, throw in some, okay, like I'm not gonna give, give it away. I don't wanna do spoilers, but like The Mandalorian. Okay, there's that thing that we all know about that was thrown in that was totally for the fans. I am one of them. I am so happy that they did it. So. <laughs> yeah. um, that was, so there's a place. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel differently mike yeah no that was i i was more so like i'm sitting there watching it and i was i was somehow able to avoid spoilers and watch it that night and i'm like as i'm watching it i'm like they're not about to do what i think they're about to do like they're not about to do what i think they're about to holy crap they're they're doing what i oh and then i just sat there just <laughs> didn't say a word just everything's happening and i'm just absorbing it like i'm watching what i'm watching and i can't actually respond to or say anything about what i'm watching like this is huh so, my little star yes, wars fan, fan heart so happy so definitely fan service but amazing fan service yeah oh yeah yes so there is a place <laughs> for it i believe <laughs> Just At least like when I'm the any... one getting what I want. <laughs> yes, well, like, for me, it was, it was kind of like the end of uh, Avengers Endgame 2. Like, complete fan service, worth it. Mm -hmm. Great yes. fan service. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, and then there's the uh, the moments of, you know, the, uh, you know, when you can tell the creators or the, the EPs uh, have been listening to the fans, they want to toss in that little wink and nod 
mm. to the fans just to you know let them know that they've been paying attention which uh, in all honesty feels like uh, the majority of the existence of Bill Burr's second uh, appearance in The Mandalorian which I mean I, he, he, the first time seeing him in there was fun and all, although hearing him recount uh, his time on The Mandalorian uh, with Jon Favreau uh, in uh, Jon's show uh, Chef was actually more fun than watching him in the show, but then getting to see him come back again and uh, seeing him just kind of let loose as, you know, Bill Burr uh, just <laughs> seemed, uh, in Star Wars just seemed so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, as I'd say. I remember when he first appeared. I was like, "Huh, Bill Burr in a Star Wars? Let me cross that off my bingo card of things I never <laughs> thought I would ever see ever." <laughs> uh, oh, so yeah. there, there's my. I'm I'm very diplomatic in my responses. So, <laughs> well, I think nice. I think well, I think you're kind of right. I think fan service for the sake of fan service can be cheap. But I think fan service in the form of storytelling and like actually like because there there are storytelling points where like fan service like actually fits perfectly. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, like, you know, going back to something that we, we mentioned uh, towards the beginning of this show, um, you know, the uh, Avatar Legend of Korra. Uh, you know, uh, once uh, it got pulled off of Nickelodeon proper and was put online, uh, you know, halfway through, I think it was season three, um, the creators and writers had a chance to be able to have a little bit uh, more leeway with it and have a little bit more fun with it, and they started tossing in more bits and pieces uh, that were nods to the fans or uh, acknowledgments mm -hmm. that they have been paying attention to some of the fan theories that have been going around uh, online. And, uh, you know, they, they toss in the little uh, references to certain things uh, just because they thought it would be funny. Uh, and, you know, whether it meant anything to the storyline or not, it, it was, you know, that, that little extra something that they did just because, you know, they, uh, they wanted to have that extra bit of connection. Which, you know, when, when it's done like that, it, it can be, you know, uh, enjoyable uh, to, mm -hmm. to watch, you know, rather than uh, the uh, <clears throat> Snyder Cut. That, that is, you know, entirely uh, for different reasons, which <laughs> we, we, we have very strong opinions on. You go stroking? <laughs> I'm... I, I think Jesus Joker says it all. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know if you pay attention to the DC movies at all or have seen any of the advertising that's been happening around uh, what, what Warner Brothers is putting out for the, the Snyder Cut of Justice League, but... Uh, mm -hmm. Sweet Lord, it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, it is special. <laughs> um, I did good to me, keep up with the me... Marvel universe, so. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, now let me kind of follow up on that a little bit. So when you when you approach a project, um, and it's something that you know of ahead of time, do you go into it as a fan, or do you go into it as strictly like, hey, this is work oriented, and I have to kind of separate that from or or do you i guess like fangirl and like oh my god i can't believe i get to do this <laughs> when i'm there i'm gonna be very professional okay on the inside like when i was doing attack on titan because i'm a fan i was like oh my god, oh my god. Like total, total fangirl on the inside um but on the outside i'm very confused <laughs> yes. um 
Uh, but, uh, you know, I will express, like, my gratitude or my excitement to be on something because you uh, you want the director to know that you are passionate about and you do care about the project. Um, but, again, boundaries. Yeah. I, I believe in boundaries. Um, yes. But, yes, on, on the inside, often I'm very, very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Hopefully God. I didn't blow, blow y'all's earbuds out a second ago with my little... <laughs> Nope, I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't turn my game down. I, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it, it, it works perfectly. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, so, I, I mean, honestly, I, I, I think we could, um, we, we could just keep diving I, I, into the deep end of the behind the scenes on this for hours honestly because there's so much about it that that is just so uh interesting uh to us especially because we've spent so long uh you know getting the inside track on you know uh film acting that you know uh finally getting the uh the behind the scenes look uh for voice acting and anime and, and from the the people that are you know so deeply involved with it, it is <laughs> fun but you know we we, we don't want to we 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 don't want to bore the audience too much with you know the the, the monotony of you know the, the <laughs> simul dub process versus oh, the, yeah. the pre-recorded versus the, the you know the the show that's finally getting adapted after ten years of obscurity or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I will say uh, it, it is so much fun getting to talk to you, Brianna. This, this is fantastic i i am so glad we, we got to uh bring you on here uh oh, thank thanks. you thank you thank you uh, yeah, thank, thank you guys you for having me for... I, I i always feel like I, I like put my foot in my mouth when when i'm <laughs> doing these like brianna no filter no. Uh, it's like as soon as i start talking to people I, I forget that there's like this thing that sometimes you don't say um <laughs> but thank you guys no, thank you. I, i've had a lot of fun yeah. thank you for giving oh, yeah. uh thank you for giving two nerds like us you know, the time to, to geek out a little bit. Oh, yeah. Anytime. I'm right there <laughs> yeah. with you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And any chance uh, we, we can find, any excuse we can find to bring it back on just for kicks, uh, we, we'll definitely be sure to reach out to you again because, you know, reasons. <laughs> uh, but, Good ones, you know, I'm sure we can figure out. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we, we've... <laughs> Uh, we always have good reasons to bring on the, the different guests we have. We, we've never just made up a random excuse because uh, it, it feels like a good enough reason. You know, just, uh, sure, sure. We'll, we'll come up with a creative title for it. Uh, right. <laughs> definitely never happened before. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, never. yeah. Uh, so ju just to go back to, you know, the, the shilling that we did at the beginning, uh, if they the fans missed it at the beginning of the show uh where can they find you online your work your, your social media all the the stuff all the stuff okay voices by brie is my handle on everything on twitter instagram and facebook and it's also my website voicesbybrie.com uh super easy peasy to find me i don't know how i was able to get all of those on all the platforms but it happened somehow miraculously <laughs> um so that that's where you can find my announcements for my shenanigans i also post a lot of pictures of my dog in case you're you're curious her name is Esri. She's the cutest dog in the world. Um. I, I, I can confirm that. She, she is awesome. <laughs> uh, are, are you on Vine? Do you still I do am things not. for the Vine? 
I I am not. Look, I I feel like a grant. I only just got on Twitter like (laughs) two two and a half. Maybe I don't know. The the last year has been a time vortex. Maybe it's been three years now. And I only just got on Instagram in April. So y'all, I'm like a granny. Okay, (laughs) one step at a time. I don't have I I don't have any of those. So you're you're doing better than I am. (laughs) Friendster, MySpace, anything like that. Now, oh, MySpace. I haven't thought of that since, like, <laughs> high school. <sighs> we took you for granted, Tom. We took you for granted. Which, you know, I, I, I would have just assumed you, you would have had a MySpace because, you know, that, that is the the platform outside of Spotify for singers, right? And you, you, you did just release your, uh, your, your singing demo, right? Oh, my singing demo. Yes, mm-hmm. that was such a stretch for me. <laughs> Though I am on the villain, the villain thing. I am contemplating doing a whole series of videos of me singing villain songs from various animated movies. So Do that, it. That's an, it's in Do my new it. role. We'll see. We'll see. Nice. All right, and uh, so guys, uh, if you are watching us over on YouTube, the links to all of Bree's stuff is down in the description below. Uh, and if you are watching us over on Facebook, uh, her Facebook page is linked over uh, in the description, over under, however it's lined up for your screen. Uh, you know, so you can go check uh, her uh, profile out over there, get to her website, and uh, you know, uh, go go check out her all the places uh, because. Because, you know, you definitely should. And, of course, don't forget to go check out her actual work on Funimation. Uh, because, you know, that is kind of what she does. So, go, <laughs> go, go, go. Go, <laughs> go now. Uh, but go. Yeah, seriously. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll... Yep. You should do it. You should do it right now. And we're not leaving until you all come back with three reviews. Go. Go now. <laughs> yeah. Good. Preferably uh, good. We're going to sit right here. We, we yep. need to hear <laughs> <Yes>. your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, of course, our necessary shilling because the yes. algorithm. Um, yes, if nothing you are like self-promotion, us, yes. Ha- have to. Uh, if you are watching us yep. over on Facebook, don't forget to like the video and subscribe or like the video and follow, there we go, you, uh, Facebook terminology. There you go. Uh, like the video and subscribe, there we go, over on YouTube. There we go. Uh, and of course, if you want to be able to check out more of our content but don't have the time for the videos, you can always catch the audio of our live shows, interviews, and now audio-exclusive podcasts that come out every Thursday uh, over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. All the places, all the time, because... So, Whether you like it or not. <laughs> uh, and of course, just as, as the uh, the necessary plug for the audio podcast, because that part is the newest edition here, uh, if you want to be able to hear some of our uh, completely uncensored thoughts on, uh, you know, video games, movies, and, you know, the stuff... Uh, you know, definitely don't let the kids listen, but, uh, you can rant along Mm. with us. Uh, (laughs) there are more than a few, uh, deep cut Snyder opinions. Uh, Mm. and the, the next one going up, which will be, uh, tomorrow, is going to be, um, I, I believe it was going to be about Nintendo, uh, but I will uh, go... No, HD remakes. There we go. We, we go off on HD remakes. Yes. Nintendo is next week. <laughs> so, uh, go, go check it out. 
<laughs> but with that, guys, thank you so very much. Uh, don't forget to uh, check us out next time. Please go check out Bree's stuff. And as always, I'm Brad. That's Mike. We're Dallas Geek. That's Brianna Roberts. And see ya. <laughs>